what a wonderful time of uh, so of you want to continue worshiping. The Holy Spirit is right here. El Espíritu Santo está aquí. Amen. ¿Cuántos podemos sentir el Espíritu Santo aquí? How many of us can feel His Spirit right here embracing us? Amen. 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 First of all, I want to thank God for this opportunity to come together, fellowship with you, worship with you, and share his counsel for our lives this morning. And I want to thank uh, my friend. And I can say that with confidence, we are friends. And uh, that means a lot, talking about friendship. In the goods and the bads. And uh, Dr. Herson Moreno, uh, thank you for inviting me. And it's quite a, an honor to be here. Amen. Let's consider the word of God for today. He's uh, counsel for our lives this morning. And I want to invite you to, if you brought your Bibles, I don't know who may, who, who is still carrying a Bible like me around, or your phone or your iPad, whatever it is, but let's, let's, let's consider the word of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and as we read, we do that for his glory, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What a passage. I feel actually compelled to read this in, in Spanish too. What a powerful worship this morning. Um, took me back to those years. Praising in Spanish like we did this morning, this beautiful community. Porque somos hechura suya, creados en Cristo Jesús para buenas obras, las cuales Dios preparó de antemano para que anduviésemos in ella. In his childhood, Luis uh, received a present. He received this computer. And that sparked in him his love for computer science and coding. He later on went to study cryptography. And as a result of that, he uh, co-created what we know as CAPTCHAs. And uh, very soon he realized that people were spending over 500,000 hours a day solving CAPTCHAs. CAPTCHAs are those little tests that some sites use to, for security purposes to determine if the user is whether a person or a robot. So he did something about it. And then he created the re-CAPTCHAs. And many here today... I can say with confidence, including myself, are learning some new words, new vocabulary, or have learned or will learn uh, using Duolingo. Well, our friend Luis is behind that. 
This Guatemalan American immigrant entrepreneur, he's behind Duolingo. That's his latest version or venture, I should say. This program is the most popular language learning tool available today. And it offers free lessons in more than 40 languages, engaging more than half a billion users around the world. Luis's motivation is to make this education in languages, well, in general, but specifically with languages, available to everyone. In his own words, he said, and I'm quoting, I realize that education is the key to opportunities and equality. Since my upbringing in Guatemala, Luis says, I noticed that the best education was for those with money. That was not fair. Those who could afford it. So Luis made this his mission, part of his mission. To do something about it, to make the difference. He's been innovative and creative. And like Luis, we can tell so many thousands of stories of uh, good folks, immigrants, that have made great contributions for the common good, doing good work, not for the selfish, toxic, individualistic reasons, but for the common good. And today, we celebrate the Hispanic heritage um, this community, the Latino Hispanic community, has made into this beautiful uh, country. And this time together, the Holy Spirit reminds us, men and women of God, reminds us that to, we need to stay focused and committed to that cause, that goal, that mission that is higher than us, is greater than us. To mobilize as agents of flourishing for the prosperity and the peace of the city, of our city, and our nation. Not just our own. That's not real prosperity. So it's collective prosperity. What's good for the community? We are specially made and created by our God to do precisely that. We are... His masterpiece. And let's reflect for a little, for a moment about this. He created everything. Everything else declaring the word. He says in chapter 1 in Genesis. Let there be light and there was light. Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place. And let the dry ground appear. And it was so. But when the triune God <laughs> created mankind. He did so in his own image. And this is what the word says to us. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. See, we are God's masterpiece. Amen? We are God's handiwork. This is very personal. Our God got his hands dirty, getting his hands in the dirt to shape us, to make us. He created us. 
It was a personal thing. Very personal. He breathed into us the breath of life. But let's pay attention, special attention, to uh, the following piece of that verse 10. Created, shaped in Christ Jesus to do good works as the body of Christ. Amen? Not only we are created <laughs> once by God, but twice spiritually we are created, recreated in Christ Jesus to do good works. Amen? In Spanish, I know many of you already can say this, but creados en Cristo Jesús para buena, buenas obras. Amen? Of course, as we learn in verses 8 and 9, uh, we did not achieve salvation by our good works. This is not what we are talking about. We can achieve our salvation by doing those things, but we were created to do good works. For it is by grace, not by works. You have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Again, not by works. Let's make this clear. The Apostle Paul deals at length with the idea of works as related to salvation. When he uses the word works, he means those human accomplishments that are positive in nature. We go to church, we participate in worship, tithing, offering, helping the needy, philanthropy, serving the church in different capacities, or even some civic committee, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Paul emphasizes that we cannot be saved by our own works. Let's get this uh, very settled in our hearts. And he emphasizes this through other letters to the Romans, to the Galatians as well. Salvation is available only through grace as a gift from God through Jesus Christ. Amen. God has made us into new men and women with the intention, with a purpose that we might do good works. And these good works, this sort of work are those naturally outgrowth from our faith in Christ and our devotion to him. Yes, many people can do good works. But the motivation can be not exactly, precisely faith in Christ. They may have a lot of great things and pictures and videos just to show people how good they are. But also, Apostle James tells us and warns us, instructs us that faith without work is dead. And of course, not intellectualized faith. And be careful with this. Because if you and many of us at any given season in our lives, we might feel our faith dwindle, diminish, maybe. Sometimes we go through processes, through tribulations, that we do not understand what God is doing at times. 
But let's be careful with not trying to intellectualize, to understand before you have faith, before you gain faith. It's the other way around. We cannot understand if we do not have faith. So what I mean is we have to have faith before we can understand what God is doing. And this is very important because many are trying to understand, intellectualize it before they can believe. And we believe, we have faith before we can really understand it. Amen? I hope we have some amen on that one. <laughs> Through the work of Christ, God has recreated us. God has made us new creatures. If we continue reading chap uh, same chapter, verse 15. And in the second uh, letter of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 5, the Apostle Paul reminds us that now in Christ... We believers are a new creation despite the same flesh. And this is important. We don't have the time to go over and elaborate on this. But we, have, we are a new creation even though we still have the same body. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Amen. Amen. Four of you understand what I said. I mean, should I say this in Spanish? <laughs> yes, everything. Amen. And the, the new creation, our new creation, the new you, the new me, has a clear purpose to do good works. Amen? Amen. Yes, everything you do matters. And then continues the last piece of that verse. God uh, prepared, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In a literal translation of that, it would be, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them, in those good works. He has anticipated so we can walk in those good works. So the way I read it is processes and opportunities To do good. Amen? The Bible is very specific on our new nature and being able to walk in as God intended, uh, always intended for us to walk that way. We are now in Christ. And now we are not only in the business of saving souls in the world. And I want to also reflect on this because it's very important. We are not just in the business of saving souls, but also in the business of restoring all things as it was intended to. We are now joining God in his mission, mission day. He's committed to restore all things to what was intended at the beginning. Whatever it is that we are doing, After our, you complete your studies or whatever you're doing. And wherever you go, we are not bringing God. We are not really, we, we don't have much to bring from ourselves. We're just instruments. Amen. Just remember, we are not bringing God to anybody. God has been there 
long time before you and I get there to the community or to wherever we go, wherever we are sent. God has been there working. We are joining him in his plan, his intentions to restore all things, whatever that is. Amen? We are not bringing God. And I remember the days. This is also, this is like a confession. I remember the days I started to share the gospel with others. I started explaining our conditions as sinners. And how lost we are because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And the need for a savior. And this is, this is what I used to do for many, many, many years. We, in explaining those verses like Romans chapter 3, very popular, very memorized and used over and over and over to show people how, uh, how lost we are. And, and that's, that, that, was, that was the case and that was my case. All have sinned and fall short for the glory of God. How would we use this verse over and over, right? And that's true. Our capacity to relate, our relationships were messed up. Our relationship with the creator, with one another, with myself and the creation, that was completely messed up after the fall. And we try to convey this to those who are lost and they have not received Christ as their saviors yet. But then we also went on to, but hold on, because it is God's desire That everyone comes to repentance. He does not want anyone to perish. That's God's desire. He does not anyone to perish. This is not for a few. But he doesn't want anyone to perish. His desire is for everyone to come to repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3. And we went on and on explaining to people how we need a savior. This is our condition and then we need a savior. And this is true. But it is incomplete. I realized that in my life, that that was not the true picture, the whole picture. I often neglected to offer this whole picture. I often neglected these bookends. I never remember, recall the creation and the restoration in the big scheme of things. And in doing good works, let's not forget the bookends. Let's show people the whole picture. Not just that they're lost and we need a savior. There's more to it. We need to understand where we are coming from and what's the end of it. And you know who knows this? Well, our creator. He knows the plan for us. He knows the purpose. God created us. Amen? And we created us with clear intentions to reflect his glory. To walk in these good works that flow naturally, organically out of the good relationship we keep. And we must keep with our Lord. Separated from me. Apart from me, there's nothing of eternal value that we can do. It is attached to him that we get fed. And this is how God created us. And those, that was the intention. But also I wanted to reflect on this, how our story starts at a garden. Thinking about Luis Vaughn, this Guatemalan-American immigrant, entrepreneur, innovative, creator, creator. 
Our story starts at the garden. We all remember that, right? But if we consider the bookends, we realize that we end up in the city. We're talking about this city at the end, chapter 21, 22. How did that happen? We start in the garden and end up in the city. It has to be a process of creation. So we worked with the raw materials for what God had given us from, to move from the garden to the city. We have the ability, the capacity to create, to be innovative. And in doing so, influence many, many, many for Christ. Amen? Amen. We are created for good works. We are not created to just settle with the status quo. But for good works. Buenas obras. Amen? <laughs> Buenas obras. Can you say that with me? Good works. Buenas obras. Buenas obras. Yeah. <laughs> And let me tell you something. <laughs> This is especially important. If you're really heading to heaven, you need to learn those things because you probably know by now that Spanish is the language of heaven. Yes, we are equipped to create and innovate. As believers, we are, it's, it's, we are created, but there's also the mandate to be creators, especially in a culture, in a society of 21st century. It's urgent that we create, whatever we go, whatever we do, a, culture, a kingdom culture. Will kingdom values prevail? This is urgent. Amen? And in Christ, the good news that in Christ, this new creation, we are equipped to do precisely that. We are ambassadors to walk in good works towards the restoration of all things. Remember that. We are not just in the business of saving souls, but also in the restoration of all things with our mighty creator, our God, our Father. In Revelation uh, 21, the Apostle John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. See what I mean by keeping the bookends also as part of the story. Don't do what I used to do. To move people and focus on, you are lost and you need a savior. I always forgot. Oh, you were created with these intentions and these are actually God's plan for us at the end of all times. The restoration, this new creation Involves all aspects of our lives, of course. Every moment, every word. The invitation, the calling to do good works, which we are made to, requires, and I want to reflect on this briefly, integrating our faith with whatever we are doing, whatever work we are doing. It means closing the gap between Sunday and Monday. 
Believers ought to see work compensated and non-compensated and volunteer, whatever you do, any kind of work, as a form of worship. And I should say also as a form of discipleship. God uses our work to shape us, to build character in us. Let's keep in mind that whatever we do, many, many of you here today, faculty, staff members, students, you got to love what you do. Amen? I didn't get a lot of amen either. I don't know if he, are you understanding me? Or should I do this in Spanish? I need a translator, baby, today. You got to, lo you got to love it. Yes. You might be saying, yeah, how about essays and exams? Well, tell me, I, I know about those things too. But you got to love those tests and those essays, right? Because they are all, they are all part of that process. God is shaping you and actually building character in you. Embrace it. Let's embrace those opportunities to do good work. To be the most honest students in the world for Christ, for his glory. Amen. I'm sure after this, you're going to love exams and essays. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> It's for his glory. Amen. The Apostle Paul instructs us to put up with difficult circumstances, tribulations. We will have tribulations. The Lord told us we will have a lot of tribulations. But do not fear. I have conquered. And you, as the church, my friends, you will conquer too. Amen? Because he did. That's a promise, and we embrace that promise. It is our Christ-like attitude that will help others to be drawn to God. Let's keep loving each other. Let's, let's keep doing that. Say, so what do you mean? In, in reality, what does that mean? Because we love our friends. We've been talking about loving and relationships in and, and, and this series. And yeah, what does that mean in real, in real practice? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Integrating faith and work, it means this is a full-time thing. We spend approximately, according to Barna, 40% of our awake time at work or at school. The majority of us spend only two to 10 hours per week doing church stuff. I also remember the years that I wanted to be a full-time minister. I wanted to work for God full-time until I understood I was working full-time for God. And many of you are looking to work for God full-time. Can you raise your hands, those who are looking to work for God full-time? Many of you, right? Well, those of you who did not raise your hands, let me tell you, you are created and you are called to work for God full-time. Whatever you're doing, you are called to do good works, whatever you are and whatever you are doing. Amen? Amen? That's a word for everybody. Yes, I used to think about being a minister full-time as the highest calling one can have. And I failed. This is a confession, I said. I failed to see and understand my regular working hours as sacred. I failed to see that my brother, who is a mechanic uh, or works at a grocery store or at the gas station, a nurse, that they are also commissioned full-time to do good works as Christians, as believers. I failed to see what God is doing in the marketplace. 
I fail to see that as a student, you are commissioned to do work, good work, to reflect his glory all the time. Amen. I realized I live in this dichotomy. That I see things through the lens of dualistic mindset. Separating the sacred from the secular. That's how I grew up. Then I realized also that I was separating the spiritual things as the good stuff. Spiritual thing, what we do when we come to church, like when we come to a place like this, when we have these beautiful worship events, this is the good stuff, the spiritual stuff. While the material things are bad. And this Greek mindset philosophy, uh, how profoundly shaped my thinking and has influenced us to, to create this gap between Sunday and Monday. We are influencers for Christ 24-7, my brothers and sisters. Not just during spiritual gatherings or events. We ought to see the work we do as an opportunity to love my brother. And here we go. What does that mean? Because it is my contribution. Whatever we end up doing, whatever we are doing right now, it has value. God is using that to shape you. To shape me. It's an opportunity to love my neighbor. Even if you are end up on a factory, let's say using or assembling something or just putting screws, that will end up in somebody's hands. And that's an opportunity to love your neighbor through your excellent work. You just don't assemble things. You do it with excellence because that will end up in the hands of somebody, the safety of somebody. That's how we love our neighbors, even those that we don't even know. But we know that whatever we do is going to impact the life of somebody else. Amen? Amen? There's a community out there, the recipients of whatever you're doing, whatever service you're doing. This is why we do it with excellence, knowing that we are serving the needs of someone else. Even when you are sitting in a lab, thinking this is, I don't know how this work is going to impact anybody. I don't have the chance to love anybody by sitting in a lab. Well, let me tell you that you are. Even when you're working as a mechanic, fixing a car, you have a great opportunity. Washing dishes, washing the toilets. I, don't, I hate this job, some might say. God is shaping you. If that's where you are now, God is shaping you, whatever you're doing. Preparing the syllabus for those professors working very hard, getting the best syllabus or creating those reports that they need to be presented next Monday to the Presidente. It's all for the glory of God. Through our work, we love God and we love our neighbors. And let me share, as we close, this quote from C.S. Lewis about work and redemption. Work is not primarily a thing one does to live, but the thing one lives to do. It is, or it should be, the full expression of the worker's faculties, the thing in which he finds spiritual, mental, bodily satisfaction, and the medium in which he offers himself to God. This quote beautifully captures the idea that work should be more than just a means to an end, 
but rather a fulfilling and purposeful endeavor that allows individuals to express themselves and find satisfaction in their contribution. It also highlights the potential for work to become a form of worship as we offer our talents and efforts to serve a greater purpose. And as I said, in closing, the idea here is that God has set things up to give you opportunity to do good work. Once again, those good works aren't intended to save us. Only God's grace is sufficient for that. But once we have been redeemed, God expects us to begin behaving as redeemed men and women. He expects us to take advantage of the opportunities that he has presented for us to do good works. And for those Hispanics here, and for the non-Hispanics present here this morning, let's find encouragement in the words of the prophet Jeremiah who announced the will of God for his people in the exile. That's what we all are, exiles. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. This is not about you or me. This is a much bigger purpose, the collective good Bigger than myself, bigger than yourself. And it ends saying, pray to the Lord for it because if he prospers, you too will prosper. So let's stay focused, my brothers and sisters, in committed and committed to that cause, that mission, that purpose, that goal that is bigger than us. We are those God is mobilizing as agents of flourishing. To the, for the prosperity and the peace of our city and our nation. God bless you. Thank you for this time. Amen.